So happy for the Western Conference to give us a little bit of a race. Hell yeah. Right? Great race. When did uh, when did the uh, race end in the Eastern Conference? November? Uh, yeah, late November. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a thrill ever since. So much for parody. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, at least the West, as you said, keeping us alive. Vegas is interesting. We'll get into that. That's why we're bringing in uh, Andy Strickland, of course, uh, fame Cam and Strick podcast. Uh, Andy, how are you, man? Thanks for joining us. Kipper, always a pleasure. How are you doing? What's going on? Uh, what's going on with the Blues? <laughs> are they? They never lose. Are they, they never as, lose, Kipper? They're, they're peaking way too early, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Is that what you're going with? Yeah. No, I like them. <laughs> I like them a lot. Absence, they've won. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and listen, you hope that's not the case, right? Because they have won, what is it, nine in a row. They've gotten points in like 12 straight, something like that. Yeah. Um, so they are, uh, I mean, listen, they're rolling on all cylinders. And, you know, they probably don't get as much respect as they, as they deserve for just how good of an offensive team they are, just because their identity and their per, uh, the perception of the St. Louis Blues for years has been, you know, as a defense-first team. Which you know they can still you know uh, you know shut it down. I guess they can win a, a close game, but that's not how they're built. You know, for years they've been a forechecking team as well, and they still generate a ton of uh, chances off the cycle. You know, they still get pucks in deep. They still know how to play time and score. But uh, this is as good of a rush team as maybe they've ever been, um, and as good of a group of passing forwards as maybe they've ever had. I mean, Kipper, you watch these guys play, uh, you don't see many teams at all. I mean, certainly not a team better than the Blues right now in the league that uses the width of the ice as well as these guys do. I mean, they go board to board, side to side. People talk about their shooting percentage, which, you know, I've never really gotten into in hockey. You know, I mean, this isn't the NBA. It's not three-point percentage. It's not free-throw percentage. But the the shooting percentage is going to be high when they hang on to the puck as often as they do. They don't waste shooting opportunities, and they score more goals where the goaltender just has no chance because of these little backdoor plays and their ability to go side to side and where the goaltender is forced to move laterally and just can't get there. Um, So, you know, it's the evolution of Robert Thomas. It's the bounce-back season of Tarasenko. uh, It's the addition of Pavel Buchnevich in addition to the mainstays who have been here the last couple of years with O'Reilly and Perron and, and, and Shen and these other guys. I mean, they've got 20, you know, seven players in the roster with 20 or more goals, and there could be a couple more added to that group before it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the offense. This team just scores and scores, and I guess part of that is like trying to reconcile that with Craig Berube and the type of guy a lot of us think of uh, that he is. Doesn't feel like you guys would have a high-flying offensive team. Um, you know, is it to the point now where the league is underrating the Blues chances of winning a cup? I was just on uh, on Cool Bet and right now there are 11 teams with a higher chance uh, by, you know, just by their odds maker of winning a Stanley Cup. Does this team not have a legitimate shot at this point? Well, they've got a legitimate shot because they've done it before. So that should first tell you that they that can helps. do it again. Um, even though it may be with a different goaltender, we'll see how the goaltending situation plays out. You know, you don't have Petrangelo here. You don't have Bo Meester here, but you still have a pretty good group of defense. I mean, you talk about players that don't get a whole lot of attention. You know, the season that Justin Falk has had this year, where he's plus 41 on the year, and he has just been as much of a stabilizer as as any player on this roster. Um, and this guy has been so good. Pareko, since February 1st, you look at, you know, 
uh, his plus minus and goal differential on the ice versus, you know, the, the goals that are scored against the blues when he's on the ice it's February 1st, you know, he's elevated his game now where he looks like a legitimate number one shutdown defenseman. And, you know, the addition of Nick Letty, no one talks about Nick Letty. You know, everyone focuses on the sexy names, the Ben Sherratts, the Mark Giordano, all these other guys. And, you know, Doug Armstrong, yeah, he deserves consideration, in my opinion, for GM of the year with the addition of Buchnevich, that trade, the signing he of Brandon him. Todd. He stole him. Hey, oh, my God. And then you, you bring in Nick Letty here, the deadline. I mean, there's something to be said for just identifying guys that you feel are going to fit into your group that you already have and, you know, that they're going to make you better. And still you have to do it under the salary cap restrictions and the guidelines that you have from that standpoint. But you go out and identify which players are going to be the right fit. And Nick Letty's been a huge fit. He's solidified their top four where now they can push Tory Krug down to the third pair. You've got a puck mover on each of their third pairings, uh, something that they didn't have before. And maybe, you know, Krug, who was injured, now he's back in the lineup, was a little bit too stretched, a little too stressed from a defensive standpoint. Now he can focus on getting his minutes on the power play and still being a guy who can, who can play, uh, you know, with Bortuzzo on your third pair. But So defensively now they've got it rounded out where this is as good as they've looked on the back end all season long. And Nick Letty's a huge part of that. So give Doug Armstrong some props for, bringing, you know, for making that trade too. It would have been almost a foregone conclusion that if if St. Louis was going to win a Stanley Cup this year, it would have been Bennington leading the charge again. So, Andy, you mm-hmm. tell me, if they are in a Stanley Cup final, who, who's in net? Well, uh, and you know this, Kipper, if, if who's the reason why they're in the Stanley Cup final, then then he, he's going to be the guy. But, you know, you look at Bennington, listen, and he had his rough stretch throughout the course of the season, but now he seems to have you know, gotten himself back together. Um, you know, his, his last three starts have been real impressive. He's calmed down. He's making some highlight real saves. Uh, he's just kind of been that steady presence that you would expect from a guy of his, you know, winning experience, and he's played in some big games. You know, Billy Huso was a guy that, you know, he was the undisputed, you know, number one goaltending prospect in the organization for the last several years, you know, ahead of Bennington. And if Bennington was, or if Huso wasn't hurt the year that they called up Bennington after Chad Johnson gets claimed on waivers and the Blues go on to win the Cup, you know, Huso probably gets called up and not Bennington. So I don't think anybody in the organization is surprised that Huso is what he is, which is a really good goaltender. Listen, when Jake Allen got traded to Montreal, I, 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 we were talking on the phone and I said, hey, uh, tell me about Billy Huso. He said he's the most skilled goaltender I've ever seen in my life. And if you ever talk goaltending, with Jake Allen. He's a student of the game. He's got that next level ability to understand the position. Obviously he's an NHL goaltender, but he can speak the position very well, very well. I said, Hey, can you say that on camera? And, and he did. And we're seeing that right now from Billy Huso. they expected him to evolve into this type of a goaltender. I don't know what's going to happen during the off season. Things can certainly change in the event that Huso struggles down the stretch here or into the playoffs. They had Jordan Bennington who's there as well. But, you know, Huso's going to start tonight, and I would imagine that he's going to get the majority of the games down the stretch. Bennington's still going to get some second half of the back-to-backs or play some back-to-backs. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out with, you know, Huso and Bennington. But Huso's been an amazing story, and, and, and they're not where they're at right now without Billy Huso. Huso's uh, UFA? UFA. Interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think Doug Armstrong is one of you know, he's going to want to invest eight figures into his goaltending. You know, you've got five more years left with uh, Bennington at six million dollars per season. 
So, That's you know, movable too. all of a sudden, yeah, oh yeah. Well, there's going to be a number of teams, whether it's Edmonton, Toronto, who knows, Colorado. Uh, yep. you, you never know who's going to be looking for goaltending. You, you know, and the way that Bennington is playing right now, uh, you know, if, if you want to go down that road and explore that, then you certainly could. I mean, they got Charlie Lindgren, even down in the minors, who's just tearing up the American Hockey League, and, and he won all five of his games that he appeared in earlier in the season when, when Bennington had COVID. So, you know, there, there's some depth there if they want to go down that road. I think they're you know, a ways away from getting there because we've got some big games coming up, obviously, and we're going to see how the goaltending shakes out and how these individuals perform under pressure because we all know there's going to be a lot at stake, and I'm interested, just like everybody else, to see how it plays out. Strick, there's four teams in the West above 100 points right now, St. Louis being one of them with Minnesota, Calgary, and Colorado. How do you rate those other three teams? Who do you like best of that group? Give, give them to me uh, again. You said Minnesota, Colorado, and who else? And Calgary. Well, I would say Colorado, uh, for sure. They're heads and heels above everybody. I'd put Calgary ahead of Minnesota, and I'd, I'd yeah. put St. Louis ahead of Minnesota as well. I and mean, St. Louis hasn't lost to Minnesota in, like, forever. They're like 10-0-1, something like that, in their 11, really? last 11 games head-to-head. So they have owned the Minnesota Wild. Um, they and that's first-round matchup, like, for sure, right? 100%. Now, they haven't played a game this season – in Minnesota's building, Minnesota's only home game in the head-to-head matchup was the Winter Classic game. But still, you go back to even last season when Minnesota kind of you know, arrived, if you will, as what you would call a contending team or at least a playoff contender. Um, and St. Louis has had their way with, with the Wild. So they're very confident against the Wild. That could scare you at the same time, I guess, because you, know, you just hope they're not prone to lose if you're a St. Louis fan. But still, you know, that's going to be the matchup. So I, I wouldn't put Minnesota ahead of St. Louis, Calgary, or Colorado. Andy, uh, I know we got to let you go here, but before we, uh, we do that, uh, did, did Vegas blow their chance losing to the Devils last night? Uh, I think so. Listen, as, as players like yourself, Kipper, and people have said to me over the years, you don't, you don't make the playoffs by losing at home to non-playoff teams down the stretch when you're fighting for your playoff lives. Uh, you're just making things way more stressful than it needs to be. So obviously, you know, things can certainly change. Maybe they can get some help. If L.A. struggles, Dallas lost last night, who knows? Um, but Vegas is almost in a situation where they can't afford to lose the rest of their games. I mean, are they capable of going 5-0? and I'm watching them play last night. They still have... You know, all these names in the lineup, from Pacioretty to Stone to, to Theodore to Martinez, Petrangelo, Eichel, like, like I, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's mind-boggling. It is. Something's going to go down in Vegas, obviously, if they don't make the playoffs. But they, they have no excuse either. I know they've had some injuries throughout the course of the season. But when the New Jersey Devils roll into town and your playoff lives are dependent on you playing well and you, and you perform the way they did last night, uh, it's hard to feel sorry for the for the uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, especially with the way they've handled themselves over the years. Listen, there's something to be said for teams that have chemistry. Don't overlook chemistry. It's more important to have chemistry than just, you know, looking at every individual available player as a shiny little toy at Christmas time that you have to get your hands on. I gotta have this guy. I gotta have that guy. I gotta have that guy. And we're gonna move on from that guy, even though he's a glue guy inside the room, and everybody likes this guy and likes that guy. But we don't care. We just want star players. You don't have line-to-line and shift-to-shift cohesion and chemistry, it's hard to win. Andy, uh, I know we got to let you go. Uh, you got another hit to do, but always, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for doing this. 
Kipper, anytime, man. I appreciate it. We'll All talk right. soon. Andy Strickland. Now, we'll, we'll get into Vegas for sure, but uh, I just want to follow up on the St. Louis Blues because I had a friend about uh, two and a half, three months ago. He might have been a little intoxicated okay. from well, Vegas. Called me from Vegas. Said, uh, I, I need a team to bet on to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and I, I told him St. Louis. You did? Yeah, I did. And I just tweeted about that during our show. They have long odds. They pay great. Yeah. You probably, they probably would have paid a lot of money back then. I would probably say out of all the games that I've watched here in Toronto, uh, their, their, their win against the Leafs last time they were here was probably the most impressive for me. Yeah. I, and from a defensive point of view, and he dropped the names of uh, Pareko. Mm-hmm. But the name that he mentioned, Andy just mentioned, that gets no recognition, and I give Doug Armstrong all the credit in the world from walking away from Petrangelo's uh, extension Yep. to turn around and fill that void like that. With Tori Krug. No. Oh. Justin Falk. Oh, that. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then turn around and give him an extension at a fraction of the cost of what it would have kept you, you would have needed. And this is your captain and the face of your franchise. And he had a, a just lifted a Stanley cup, you know, a short while ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this could come back and bite Doug Armstrong in the ass. And it, and it never has. And yeah. Justin Falk is one of the better defensemen in the league that just doesn't, that, that name does not roll off anyone's tongue. Yeah. You know, they've had this great mix of finding sort of, Older guys who were maybe undervalued or underappreciated, like David Perron, Brandon Saad, you know, those two guys, that they're, they're good players. No one really thinks of them yeah. top of mind. And then having some young guys come up and fill spots. Robert Thomas as a 1C is one of the best passers in the NHL right now. Unbelievable uh, vision and execution there. Uh, Jordan Cairo has been unbelievable. A huge breakout season for him. Obviously, then you think of the guys that their team is built around, Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Pareko. They're just really solid all yeah. the way through. The D pairs right now, Scandella, Pareko, very good. Letty and Falk, good pair. Krug and Bortuzzo. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And They're a solid team getting great goaltending and, and, and can beat anyone. Again, for, for Doug Armstrong, uh, not overpaying. Just, and I know, uh, Sammy, are you there? Sammy? I'm here, boys. Um, yep. You know, earlier in the show, you were talking about you know, Kyle Dubas, if he knew what he knew about Muzzin to go out there and and get somebody else. Yeah. But, you know, if we really go back and dissect our conversations, who was really out there, right? And what assets would it have cost? And would you have been better for it just for the sake of doing it? And, I mean, that's a tough call for Kyle but Doug has managed to do it at a minimal cost. I, mm-hmm. I like Nick Letty, but I, if I can't, I can't recall what the exact trade was, but it, I don't think it was a, as expensive as, as, uh, as Geo, was it? No. No, I don't think so. Not even close. So I'm just looking are, it up right are now. they comparable? I mean, I don't think so personally. You think Geo's that much better than Nick yeah, Letty? I do. I, yeah, I, I like Letty too. Um, 
you know, he I think of him as more of a skating break it For out, sure. you know, type much better of guy. skater than yeah. Gio, but not probably as smart. Yeah. Hockey IQ or a better stick, better positioning. Yeah. Gio still shows so, that he can do that. And for for what St. Louis needs, like they have guys who defend, you know, Robert Bortuzzo and Justin Falk and Pareko and Scandella. Those guys are pretty defensive defensemen. So Letty might be the right fit for that group. Um, but yeah, all the way through, you know, even that, that Barbashev trade ended up being just larceny. Absolute larceny. So you, know, you get a they, win like that. They traded uh, the Blues acquired defenseman Luke Witowski along with Letty for Oscar Sunkfist, defenseman Jake Wallman, and a 2023 second round draft pick. Okay. Yeah, Sunkfist's fine. Oh, listen. Sort, he, of a, he's sort of a similar package. Bottom, bottom, bottom six guy that helped them win the Stanley Cup. He, yeah. was, uh, he was a horse in yeah. the Stanley Cup final. Big, big guy. Big guy. Big, yeah. strong guy. Uh, where where you down type of guy? Yeah, so some value there in the uh, yes. going the other way. Yeah. So um, the thoughts that he gave us on Vegas, um, we actually have a clip on their goaltending. Do you want to start there? What yeah. Do you, what do you want just, to do? You know, revisit just uh, last night. Uh, I didn't watch the game enough to, you know, definitely say that uh, you know they weren't very good. But let's face it, they they weren't very good. This I, I watched enough to know that. This wasn't a, a team that got beat by a hot goalie or just couldn't find a way to put the puck in the net. They were they were outplayed by New Jersey. It's insane, you know, to me, given the situation where they are in the standings, getting Mark Stone back, they, they get dumped by the Oilers for nothing on Saturday night, then Sunday. You know, lay an egg against New Jersey, who's got nothing to play for. Absolutely nothing. That that to me brutal loss. I loved the point Strick made about chemistry. And how they're going to become the poster team for how you can't just keep turning things over and dress whichever guys you want all the time. Guys are in and out of the locker room and there's no team feel or cohesion. It's I really think that this is a great test case for chemistry and hockey. And how it doesn't feel like there is an identity to this team. They were the misfits, right? They were the golden misfits. And it worked better. It was uniting then. for them that they had a thing that pulled them together and they were all pulling in the same direction and fighting for their careers. All of a sudden, every guy who's coming there is on, you know, getting contracts and status. And, it, you know, it felt like they knew they needed some elite people. But, boy, they, they did it at a great cost to their what their identity was. Craig Simpson briefly touched on Vegas a little bit, and the point that he made is uh, the comments Peter DeBoer, the head coach of uh, Vegas, uh, calling out his goaltender. Yeah. Right? And, uh, yeah, there's no question that he needs more goals, but this is a guy that you handpicked. If you want to go right back to trading for him and then the decision on getting rid of Marc-Andre Fleury, and then you hear Peter DeBoer with this. Sammy, do we have the clip? Um, we do have the clip. You know, I think this time of year, you're looking for your guy to be better than the guy at the other end, and uh, that wasn't the case tonight. Yeah, that's uh, that's Oof. calling him out, and it, it is it is fair. I'm not saying it's, it's not fair. What I am saying is... Is that going to help you now win the next five games in in a row or Good not? Good point. That's Good what point. I, that's all I'm worrying about here, not whether or not uh, it's right or wrong, but what effect will it have 
on Robin Lehner. Oh, he'll take it Lehner fine. moving forward. Lehner has no history of overreacting. <laughs> he, he, you know, this guy's an emotional guy, and he's his last four games, uh, he's got an 839, an 815, yeah. an 893 in three of the four. You know that he's, he's going to save the season now, uh, five and zero. Oh. Is that your guy right now? Because that that, that well, I don't like those odds. I don't like those JB best bets right now. That Leonard's going to come in and, and save the season against the likes of Washington, San Jose, Dallas next Tuesday, Chicago, and St. Louis. Sammy, you're going to say something? Yeah, that Laner didn't. Like, they chose Laner over over Flurry, and we Part all remember the. We, yeah, we also, but we also remember the the tweet uh, that Alan Walsh sent yeah, out, the sword. beautifully written. Yeah, the, it's just wonderful art if you're into that sort of thing. Um, there's no way that Pete DeBoer wasn't part of those those conversations. You well, know? like when they yeah, yeah. when they decided to trade away Mark Andre Fleury and give him the extension. I don't know. I, I if you when you trade a Vesna winner the summer after he wins the Vesna for you for literally nothing to a terrible team. I, I hate to say it, but karma's a you know what. I I got no sympathy for them, and I don't. Pete DeBoer is a shelf life guy. He's one of those guys that comes in there. He inspires them. You kind of you kind of get that bounce from him, but he wears us out as welcome in places. It's happened before. I I don't know. I hate this from DeBoer. I just hate the Golden Knights. I'm thrilled that this is happening. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do too. I don't. I don't. There's like... a lot of people that do not like them in our inner circles, yeah. and they hear stories and. Uh, the latest example, of course, was uh, Dandenov being traded, even though he had a clause, and that whole thing was a debacle. Yeah, that that didn't rub people the right way. I, you know, what's going to happen here is they're going to make Logan Thompson the guy down the stretch here. Lo- Logan Thompson is 5-1, and one, and in re- in, it really should have, I know should have, could have, hindsight, yeah. but he's 5-1. and one. Uh, he, he was the better goalie going into... New Jersey to, yeah. to dress. He's he's nine to a nine twenty two save percentage. Um, you know he's he's obviously been good for some stretch of time. They gave him um, five of his last six starts are wins. I, I just got to believe they're like okay. That sounds to me like a guy who's all but given up on Robin Leonard. So Logan Thompson may get to be the guy who carries the mail here. And they they basically with five games left got to win four of them to have a shot here. So. Uh, I wonder if that will be the end of Robin Lehner, De- Leonard in Vegas. DeBoer says, I think we need to, I'm quoting him, I, I think we need to win them all. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not pretty, right? The, the good news for them is they do have Dallas, who they're chasing. That's one team that they can at least get head-to-head. But St. You know, Louis the- may rest everybody for the uh, season-ending game. That's true. So Yeah, you get the, the Sharks and the Blackhawks, so you got a couple gettable games, but, you know, last night was gettable too, and... Not always that easy. How about the other team in chase there, Kipper? What are your thoughts on what happens last night? Uh, Vancouver. Is that six in a row for uh, Vancouver? Yeah. The Canucks dusted. Do, do they they control their own destiny? Do they not? They do. They do. They are. Um, let's see. They're four points behind the Kings. They have a game in hand. So let's say they get a win there. They're two points behind the Kings, and they play the Kings. Uh, down the stretch, so they'll get the chance to catch them in points with a win, and that would put them ahead in head-to-heads and regulation wins. So, yes, they get a win there, and they beat the Kings. They are now in control of their own destiny. Of course, they got a win. One thing Bruce Boudreau said on our show earlier this year is every time they get close... 
they find a way to drop that one, but what do you think? They got a shot? I like Demko a lot. Yeah. And he's had a great year. Does he have enough energy to get this over the finish line? I mean, he's their only chance. Tonight they get the Ottawa Senators in Vancouver. So, gotta believe. I mean, obviously it's the must-have. They can call them all must-haves. But, like, good chance of getting two points tonight and moving within two points. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to see them actually pulling it off. But the fact that we're talking about the coaching position and whether Bruce Boudreaux is going to be back or, you know, they're going to hire Rick Tockett. How can you? What more does a guy got to do? I I cannot believe that they've gone this far. He's been able to turn it around and get them this close, and you're not bringing him back. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll bring him back. Yeah. He, he is, uh, since he's taken over Vancouver, they have the sixth best record in yeah. the NHL. It's like 30 and eight, you know, and whatever. Where's it is, Edmonton? Two or three. Edmonton's right up there, too, since it, Jay Woodcroft took over. Yeah. Yeah, they've been very good, too, since his addition. So a couple of coaches likely to get re-upped. You think Woodcroft will get a... Uh... If he's not, would you not consider him in in places like Philly or I assume Dallas, lots of talk that they would make major changes. Maybe even so if, if they make the playoffs, which... It looks like they will. Mm-hmm. Like I, I look at Dallas, and if we if we looked at the standings, we've got those middle tier teams where they're just they're not close to being good enough, but they're not the worst either. Right, they're just kind of <laughs> caught. Yeah. Not going to draft high. So, I, I think there's going to be opportunities if if Jay Woodcroft doesn't get the contract or the reassurance that uh, you know this is his team. If you if you're this far now, mm-hmm. just take it to the end. Which he was told right from the beginning. It's my understanding was that uh, we're not talking about your contract till it's all said and done and over with. But that's that's Kenny Holland's call or yeah. the ownership group to say we're going to focus on on winning or playing uh, playing well. Sounds like um, something like nine coaches, ten coaches don't have contracts going into this summer. Could be a little bit of musical chairs league-wide. Um, you know, the the, the Canadians... What's that, Sammy? We got a text on the text line that says, uh, when, the Leafs lose in the fir- when the Leafs lose in the first round, Bruce Boudreaux will come to Toronto. <laughs> you know, I, wasn't he supposed to come here as an assistant? Wasn't that a thing? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think they ever considered that. Uh, well, it was Gord a conversation, Stella, though, right? Gord, uh, Bruce Boudreaux's agent, Gord Stellick, I think, tried real hard. Uh, but he couldn't bridge the deal. <laughs> he did do his best. We couldn't also, land the plane. He couldn't land the plane. We also have a question in the uh, in the YouTube Kipper. What if the Leafs get from John O'Mara? What if the Leafs get to round one and go no further? Is that okay? If they get through round one and no further, let's say that. Leafs win. Yes. They beat Tampa Bay yeah. and they well, get taken are down. Are you by, asking me should Kyle uh, about jobs? Should Kyle be fired? I, I think. I think getting past a, a Tampa or a Boston would be enough for me to say that you've got a team that can have success in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. A first-round loss says to me, you build a great regular season team, but you cannot build one for the playoffs. 
So, yeah, I think it's not sometimes if you lose, but how you lose. Yeah. That'll play uh, an important factor in, in how I think a lot of people will feel about Kyle Dubas continuing this journey. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess if they lose And in I think if I'm again. not mistaken, he, Kyle needs a new contract too. Is that true? I, somebody whispered that to me. Now, yeah. I'm not confirming no, that. No, yeah, th- this is not that, a report. Th- there is some thought that Kyle needs a new deal. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. I, I mean, there's such a compelling case for him to make about how good the team has been over his tenure. But, yeah, you just you, it hasn't happened in playoffs. We mentioned this before. It, it, it is really in this sport where that makes all the difference. That is a tricky one. A Dubas contract. A, you pro- a Dubas contract extension. You probably do like a two-year thing or something. I can't see them being like, yeah. we're going to give him five now, years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did they re-up Sheldon yes. and not announce it or tell anybody? I think so. I think that was an early season yes. thing that they kind of quietly had re-signed him. That's right. After... They blew the 3-1 lead to Montreal. Right. Yeah, I I mean, you don't... You can imagine how that would be perceived, but they obviously had faith in them. So, what we're kind of suggesting is if they lose in the first round, we wouldn't see a major press conference to announce a new deal for Kyle Dubas. (laughs) I don't think... (laughs) No. Right? No, I, I don't think so either. Yeah, I guess it depends. It's interesting to frame expectations for the Leafs and how far they have to go. Like, it, let's say they go six, seven games with Tam- uh, Tampa and Jack Campbell's save percentage is 850. Yeah. You know, is that Kyle's fault? And it, maybe it is. Maybe your answer is yes to that. I don't know. Uh, like any general manager out there, we can go down the laundry list of what's worked and what hasn't and where you were successful and where you failed and mm-hmm. and all of that. And ultimately, that will happen with a fine-tooth comb if they don't get out of the first round. Yeah. Do you think coaches get fired too easily in hockey? Like, I mean, you lo- I'm looking around the league and these guys, all these guys without deals, like no stability. Yeah. Is it better to have a guy who actually gets to be the coach of a team? Never been easier to fire uh, head coaches now because... It's just assumed. Well, it's you. You're locked into these contracts because of the salary cap. You are in jail with your players. Right. Mm-hmm. The freedom is to change a coach just like that. There is no penalties. There's nothing except stroke the the check to make it go away. Yeah. And that's it's a lot easier if 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 Babcock. If Babcock's salary was on the, the on the cap, yeah, he'd still be here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. I just and, so, if he's if he's not a a buyout, if it's not buyout friendly. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on? So, I, I sorted uh, NHL coaches, longest tenured NHL coaches. Who do you know who the longest tenured is? Oh my gosh, it's gonna be someone where you're like, really? No, it's it, there's there's one that goes back um, um, for nine years. The longest coach in the league has been been a coach for nine years. Oh, gosh. Off. You got it, Sammy? Uh, Cassidy? No, not Cassidy. Not Cassidy. No. Cass- four, four people have coached longer. Cassidy, uh, he was 2017. Sheldon's probably like really? 10. <laughs> he's, nine, he's high up there. Right? He is. Uh, I'll give you the answer if you like. Give us a, a it's East in, or West. It's in the Leafs division. Uh, oh, Tampa. Yeah. yeah, Cooper. Cooper. 
Cooper's yeah. the longest tenured coach yeah. in the NHL, March 25th, 2013. Then there's a two-year jump. The second longest is the mind blower, Jeff Blaschel. Yeah. With a winning percentage what? of 446. He's below sub 500, and he's been the second longest tenured coach, yeah. and he's just extended seven years. Well, that that says less about Jeff and more about the expectations out of Detroit mm-hmm. and where their bar has been all these years. Seven years of no expectations? Yeah. At seven some years. point, can we expect something? Yeah, it's coming. Okay. It's coming next year. And they will be aggressive in free agency. You think they'll, they'll try to win next year? I think next year is the year that they go. We're, we're, we're making the playoffs. I think Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo all think that next year they're yeah. going to try to win. The Atlantic. Which we said two out of the three was this year. Yeah. Or last year. <laughs> so it's Cooper Blaschel, then it's Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh, Jared Bednar in Colorado, and Cassidy in Boston. And then now we're up to 2018. So only five guys have been around longer than 2018 with their current organization. So interesting uh, in the West, in the East when it comes to maybe a couple of uh, goaltending scenarios, Carolina and Pittsburgh with Jari. Mm-hmm. And where do we see Pittsburgh if Jari's not ready to start the playoffs? I don't know. It's big because you're going to go up against the Rangers who, you know, they have the runaway Vesna favorite in their crease. If you're going to get out goaltended in the postseason, tough to feel too good about it. He's he's almost certainly like not looking ready for game one. It sounds like a fairly serious thing, I think. You're not really sure, but yeah. uh, we look at Frederick Anderson in Carolina and what was deemed not that big of a story for Freddie Anderson last year mm-hmm. turned in uh we never saw Freddie again in a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform yeah no I, no one really expected that when you first heard that Freddie was had some ailments or issues and that's that's where you are in today's upper lower body injury and day-to-day or Right? You, you just don't know. Do you think the Leafs took Freddie's injury history into account and said, we don't know if this guy's going to be available come the postseason? 100%. Then it's interesting they, they got Peter Mrazek. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they just... <laughs> they may have just went to the same horse... You know, they went to the same horse field and got someone. They got his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I do know that the Carolina after the summer said, okay, we've got Mrazic and Nedeljkovic. You can't tell me we're not better with Anderson and Anti Ranta. We don't know if we're going to be healthy, but likely one of them is. And right. they like their, like Nedel, Nedeljkovic been like, awful. Everyone thought like, he was going to be the savior. He's no good. Like Frederick Anderson, hell of a year. I mean to disappear now again yeah mm. it's got to just hurt him so badly you know just he needs this he needs this stretch to prove himself uh, and what a break for whoever's going to get carolina probably boston right i mean florida's going to win the president's trophy or you know they're in the mix and carolina's going to be the other one seed so they're going to get the the number one wild it's probably boston so the bruins are going to have a a little bit easier path through which wouldn't leaf fans love to hear that the bruins getting a break and likely being you know or possibly being available in round two if you get through tampa bay sammy you want boston and toronto in the first round 
Yeah, yeah, definitely Kipper. Definitely. <laughs> that wouldn't scare you at all. I mean, Swayman doesn't scare me necessarily. I will say that. Like, that's one part of it where I it doesn't scare me too much, but they're still the – they still wear um, black and gold and play at uh, TD Garden. Yeah. Then, yeah, the I'm Leafs, scared. The Leafs, their jersey's black and gold now. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. So, Great so, stuff. So, uh, best bet for the end of the day, the Philadelphia Flyers, you can take them plus two and a half goals. As in, tack two and a half goals onto their final score, and they're still minus 118. Uh, they're, they're massive, massive underdogs tonight. On the money line, that's minus 455 for, for Toronto. Jack Campbell should not give up three goals tonight. The Leafs should not give up three goals tonight at home against this team. I don't know. Igor Zapruder. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> coming, coming in hot tonight. Yeah, this is one of those games, though, where I feel like Philly, you know, the, the Leafs have let these slip away. So we'll see if they can just take care of business tonight. Sammy, give me a score home. tonight. I like. I also have a, a best bet. I like uh, on a certain betting site. It's plus five fifty for John Tavares to score two goals. Got thirty seven points in forty eight career games against the Philadelphia Flyers. Five to one, pretty good odds for a guy who scores a lot of goals to score two. And I there think the go. Leafs are going to win five two. Five two. All right. Our thanks to Chris Terrian, of course, uh, Flyer defenseman. Always great. Check out his podcast. Snow the goalie. Craig Simpson and Andy Strickland, the last two hours. Enjoy the game tonight. I'm going to head down there myself. Oh, nice. It's all good. Justin, Derek, Jennifer, Sammy, thanks for the ride. Thanks for all of you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Real Kipper and Born.